What's up, you guys? The Sauce Lab Podcast is back and better than ever. It's episode what, like 27, 28? I've been doing this podcast for so long now. I'm having so much fun with it. I hope that you guys had a fantastic week. I hope that you guys had a fantastic year, a fantastic life. I don't really know where I'm going with this. But I think we're going to have to get right into the weekly roundup like we do every single week. I'm going to give you guys all the best stuff that happened in this past week of football. My opinion, actually, like a kind of weird week where everybody that was projected to win won. There wasn't many close shootout games. There was a ton of blowouts that were basically boring by the middle of the half. There were a couple exceptions, but overall, it was a pretty meh week in the NFL. A lot of the storylines are starting to put themselves out into the world, and I think we should just get right into it. So I'm going to look at the past week and give you the rundown. Best game of the week had to have been the Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. That game was truly insane, especially down to the final minutes. In that last 10-minute span of the blocked field go- uh, the blocked punt by the Cowboys, which put them right there. No, no, no. It actually started with the Trayvon Diggs pick six. Trayvon Diggs, who has been so streaky in coverage, might I add, even though he has the interception numbers to probably lead the defensive player of the year votes, he is so streaky in coverage. He has a incredible pick six. Then the Patriots, then they block the kick. They block the punt. The Cowboys do go down all the way to the one where they cannot convert. And Dak Prescott fumbles at the one yard line on fourth and goal. The Patriots then proceed to throw a 70-ish yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, blowing Trayvon Diggs' coverage, which is just miraculous. Got the two-point conversion, enough for them to be up three. Dak then leads them down with an unreal amount of catches and just presence by CeeDee Lamb in that final drive to put them to OT and then the OT drive. So they drove down, kicked the field goal, sent it to OT, and then one stack got the ball back and had the ability to just drive down the field for the game-winning touchdown. It was over from there on out. It was such an amazing game of up and down and up and down. Actually, my roommate had an unreal parlay of $20 to win 500 something, and all he needed was uh, on that one-yard line. I know that the Kendrick Bourne thing happened anyways, and there could have been a lot of things to change it, but all he needed was Dak Prescott to get into the end zone, and he could not, which was hilarious in my opinion. He also had needed the first half, so there was a bunch of different things that could have been changed to actually have him win that <laughs> bet, but he missed that bet hilariously, and ultimately, the Cowboys just looked so good. Dak Prescott put up the most yards, I think, against Bill Belichick in the Belichick era against the New England Patriots, and Mac Jones had one of the best completion percentages that I've seen from a rookie in such a shootout game like that in so long, and it makes me really think that both are just so much better than people give them credit for. Dak, I think that people are talking about him in like the 10 to 7 range, but honestly, you could put him top 5 for quarterbacks, and I would not argue with you and Mac Jones I think that even though as their careers go on I think that another quarterback will show themselves as better than Mac Jones in this rookie class right now Mac Jones is far and away the best with the Belichick system with the offense that they run where he can just check the ball down and not have to do too much and not ask to put the whole team on his shoulders and things like that that's what easily is making him the best rookie quarterback in the class right now for sure 
Uh, then the Offensive Player of the Week, I had to tie it up between two guys. One was CeeDee Lamb, who I said came on in that last stretch so hard. Nine receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime, including, I think it was four or five receptions in the final drive and the second to final drive. So really great on CeeDee Lamb. But then another guy that I really want to give credit to, who has been breaking on the scene and looks incredible right now, clearly the running back one in that backfield, Leonard Fournette on 22 carries, had 81 rushing yards and two touchdowns, and then also followed up with six receptions, which I don't think we've ever seen six receptions out of Leonard Fournette. He's never really been a PPR-type guy, especially back in Jacksonville. But now six receptions for 50 yards to tack onto it, Really great for fantasy owners, but just really great to see from him the versatility and the fact that he's also a receiving option out of the backfield, along with Giovanni Bernard, along with Keyshawn Vaughn, actually. I haven't heard a lot of his name, but he's a receiving back that's on the Buccaneers as well. So, yeah, so two guys that really just lit it up. Defensive Player of the Week, this one's Sunday Night Football. you got to give it to the man, another guy who just turned the F up in the fourth quarter, and that is T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven tackles, two enormous sacks, and an enormous forced fumble. Both were in the clutchest, mo- clutchest of moments going into it. I was like, who was the most, I asked all my roommates and people that I was watching the game with, who do you think is the most talented guy on the Steelers? And we were like, T.J. Watt, and not even two plays later, T.J. Watt had that game-sealing sack, which was so incredible to see. He's so good, and I think he probably deserved Defensive Player of the Year last year, even though I am an Aaron Donald stand as well. Uh, Fantasy Player of the Week. Jalen Waddle had to be Jalen Waddle. This is a breakout game. 10 receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns in London. I Just the 10 receptions number is really the thing that's catching my eye. I know that Tua really is not looking like the guy, and I'm still dead set that they are going to get somebody, either one of the top three, maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Derek Carr, now that the whole John Gruden situation is happening. I actually wasn't able to get into that last week, but I'll get into the Raiders a little bit later. But Jalen Waddle, 10 receptions is just really promising, and two inter- two touchdowns, of course, that is so promising. So if he can continue to put up similar numbers like that, I could definitely see him rivaling Kadarius Toney, Devonta Smith, uh, those guys as the second-best rookie wide receiver. I think that nobody will be passing Jamar Chase at this point, but Jalen Waddle looked fantastic in London. Biggest injury of the week, that is Baker Mayfield, 100%, a guy that looked like he could not get it done on his own with the Browns. A guy that actually, in his most recent performances, is making me a little bit nervous if that is the guy that they want going forward. Luckily, they have not given him that huge extension yet that the that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen should slash have gotten. Uh, so, Baker Mayfield... He went down with an injury when he when they saw him in a press conference. He had a sling on, and they said that he has a possibility to play through it, but his next game is on Thursday night football, so already only a three-day transfer where he needs to recuperate his body and get back to what he's used to. And I really do think that if it does come down to a shootout, even though it's against the Denver Broncos, I think it's going to be a very calm game where the Browns feed off of their run game, yet the run defense of the, of the Broncos is very good, and the defense defense of the Browns is pretty good and the Broncos pass game really seems to be pretty dull and not too exciting at this current point with Teddy Bridgewater coming back from his concussion so I'd say that that's a very low scoring eh meh game 
But regardless, if Baker Mayfield doesn't play, I think that that's giving the Broncos even a slight edge, maybe, just with the possibility of them going down to a shootout. And if he does play, then he really he might not look like himself. And if they get to a point where they need to start passing, OBJ has not looked like OBJ. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, look, luckily, has been breaking onto the scene in the last couple games and has been looking very, very good in doing so. But if Baker's injured, that, they're screwed. They're going to be in a very, very difficult situation going forward especially coming off of that huge loss to the Arizona Cardinals. So hopefully Baker Mayfield comes back. Looks like the Baker that we saw last year and in his first year, more than in his second year, and they could just continue to work off of the run. Obviously, Kareem Hunt is also injured. That one's going to play a big toll too. So I think the Browns definitely took the biggest hit with injury in this current week. But we're hoping that soon enough, everything could gel back to normal and he can go back to having the Browns be the Browns. Team I'm starting to buy, the Baltimore Ravens. I love the Ravens so far, what they have been putting on, the shows that they have done uh, against the Chargers and against the Colts two weeks in a row, really just puts them right back into the Super Bowl conversation, makes my Lamar Jackson for MVP in a second time uh, take in the podcast. Originally, that seemed very like, I'm not going to get this, there's no shot that I'm going to get this correct but now it's looking like he is asserting himself right back into that mvp conversation rashad bateman's coming back mark andrews looks like a top five tight end and overall i'm just buying the baltimore ravens even with all the injuries that they have team that i'm starting to sell i want to obviously put something on this list of a team that i want to sell a team that i was thinking maybe the eagles but with their schedule for the rest of the season going forward i feel good about them like all the teams that i feel middle about I have something to ride on that they are going to do positively that I feel like I cannot yet throw them into this uh, team that I'm starting to sell group, but the bottom is becoming worse. So even though I've already said a lot of these teams, the continuation of the Lions, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Bears, and the Giants, I think are all teams that I want to sell, sell, sell. They're all tanking for a good draft pick at this point. They don't have much to ride on for the rest of the season going forward. And though they might get some weird random wins here and there, those five teams especially. Also, I could throw the Jets and the Falcons in there, but they had their bye week this week. So I didn't count them. But those five to those seven are teams that I'm just sell, sell, sell. They do not look good for the rest of the season. And I'd rather another team. Random new hot take. The Jets and the Eagles take five out of the 12 top picks in the draft. I know that that might sound crazy to hear that five of the top 12 are all going to two different teams, but the Jets have their own pick, which will definitely be top 12, and see, and they also own Seattle's pick, who right now, they traded Jamal Adams for this pick, who is looking like one of the worst coverage players in the entire NFL, which I just think is hilarious, and so happy to me as a Jets fan that he is failing, and his crybaby attitude of, I need to start winning, even though he never let the Jets become a team that could start winning with him, which is just so idiotic in my opinion. He isn't playing well, and in turn, the Seahawks are losing. I know that it means a lot because of Russell Wilson's injury, because Chris Carson has been in and out, because their defense has many holes, things like that, but overall they just aren't winning, and I could definitely see them entering that top 12 group. And then for the Philadelphia Eagles, I think that the Eagles have their own first-round pick. That one will probably be top 12. They own the Indianapolis Colts top 12 pick, which I think at this point will become top 12. That one's definitely the most shaky out of all five, but that one I still think will go as such. And 
they will get a top 12 pick. And then they lastly own the Miami Dolphins pick, which I think could end up even top five, top seven. And they look really bad. They look like they're really struggling. And I could see them staying in this hole and not being able to climb themselves out because the hole is just too deep, too big now after losing to Jacksonville. So overall, out of the 12 top picks, five of them could go to the Jets and the Eagles and the attack of the Green Nation. Uh, Now top five storylines from the week. I think the Chiefs will be just fine. Uh, Even in Patrick Mahomes' quote, shitty game where he threw two picks. Oh, everybody's so worried about Patrick Mahomes. They still won pretty handedly against what I would say is a really good defense. Their defense stepped up and only allowed 13 points to Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, those guys. Uh, I mean, I know that there were a lot of drops in that game, but also it is the Chiefs' defense stepping up. And I think that Mahomes, even though he has these weird plays where he looks like he can be a superhero and tries to do a little bit too much, and then everybody freaks out, oh my god, people are figuring out Patrick Mahomes. I think they will be just fine. They're winning the games that they need to. They're losing some close ones, but I think they'll win some close ones as well as the season goes on. Look a lot better, and especially come playoff time, if they can sneak in with a wild card, it's seems like they still honestly have grasp of the division in my opinion i know that that might sound a little bit crazy to hear but the four and two chargers are putting up so much more of a fight against the three and three chiefs who have patrick mahomes who have travis kelsey who have tyree kill chris jones even if tyron matheny looks like he's taken a step down this year i still think that come playoff time he has the experience he has been in those big moments and the team will really step up so i'm not worried about the chiefs whatsoever uh dallas in my opinion has a super bowl off This is an offense that can go to the Super Bowl purely off of the offense. The defense has two young guys in Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons, like I said, who have been so star-studded, who if they step to the occasion in the playoffs with this offense, with Zeke being able to churn out five yards per carry and beyond, with all three of their receivers looking like elite talents, with Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin both looking like very viable tight end options, and their offensive line probably being number one in the entire NFL now that everybody's healthy and churning, I think that Dallas has a chance to go to the Super Bowl purely off of what this offense is able to create. They just continue to put points on the board, and that is so hard to stop, even if you have an elite defense. Number three, the Raiders and Broncos were both frauds this entire time. Even if you look at the fact that the Raiders won by 10 this week, I think that both teams are showing that they honestly might not even make the playoffs. I'm trying to think of other teams that could make that seventh wildcard spot in the AFC. But when I just look at it, the entire roster, the Raiders, especially coming off of what's happened with John Gruden in the recent weeks, with the fact that they have Carl Nassib, and it's really obviously so upsetting to hear that a team that was really hitting their stride, that came off to a really hot start even if I did predict that they were starting to quote-unquote crumble it's so difficult that at this point in time they have a their head coach it comes out that there are old emails of so much racist homophobic uh, just a really awful stuff it's I'm very glad that John Gruden is out of his position now but it's upsetting for the Raiders. I think that that is really just going to hinder their success for the rest of the year. And then with the Broncos, it seems, like I had said, Teddy Bridgewater does have a cap on him. For as good as he was in those first three games, he's really come back down to earth. The passing game has just been average to below average in the recent weeks. And I think that, like I said, when they come up against an elite, elite offense, 
even how good their defense is, even if it stifles them, I don't think that they can hold a team to less than 10 points if they have a really elite offense, if the other team has an elite offense, and if the Broncos are on offense, I don't think that they're going to be able to get stuff done against a lot of teams in the AFC. I mean, I think that they'll be able to score on the Chiefs, but like the Ravens, the Browns, the Bills, I'm trying to think of other really good defensive teams, the Patriots, the Chargers, teams like that, I'm really worried for the Raiders and the Broncos on offense against both of the all of those teams. So I think ultimately they're both frauds, and though one of them might sneak into the playoffs, neither of them will make any noise, and they will both be looking to make big roster moves this offseason. Number nine, the Ravens are sneaking into the top three teams in the NFL. After the last two weeks, how can you not put them up there? They've only lost one game so far this entire season. Lamar Jackson still looks like he's a video game character. So, so good. Even if they're missing their top corners, Marlon Humphrey looks really good. Chuck Clark looks very good. Uh, their linebackers, LJ Fort, Patrick Queen, they look good. Calais Campbell's even looking good in his old, old years. I really just love what the Baltimore Ravens are doing, and it's also so much the mindset. You guys know in the past 10 years, when have the Ravens been counted out? They're such a great organization. They all believe in one motive, and I feel like all the players work off of each other so well, and really it seems like nobody's getting frustrated, and now they're hitting their stride right as Rashad Bateman's coming back. I'm hoping for a big game out of him very, very soon. I have him stashed up on some fantasy leagues, and I'm really excited for just what Lamar is able to do continuing in the season. I, I heard this, I forget what podcast I was listening to when I heard this, but it's a very good comparison. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Milwaukee Bucks, The it, it's another team where, oh, everybody around the league is like, we've got your star figured out. If your one thing is to do this one thing, we're going to easily figure you out, and come playoff time, you will not be scary. But when their top player is as good and as talented as they are, even if you know what they're going to do, no one's going to be able to stop them. With Giannis, everybody was like, oh, he can't shoot. All he is is drive and dunk. But he is so forceful and so dominant that they ended up going on and winning the NBA Finals. And I think it's a similar situation with the Baltimore Ravens where people are like, oh, we just know Lamar will run. It's nothing. We've got them figured out. Yet, even if you know Lamar is going to run, he's still going to cross you the hell up. He's still going to run for 100 yards on you. And he is now dotting you up above your head. Mark Andrews looks so good. And I am definitely thinking that the Ravens are still a really good shot to make the Super Bowl. And then number five, it is sad that the Vikings will continue to lose, but they will. This is another one that I've said. It's the Vikings are so close yet so far. They seem like this year's LA Chargers in that they keep getting so close and they could have a lot of wins if like the end of the game didn't count or something like that. Even though Kirk Cousins was able to have that insane game-winning drive against the Carolina Panthers this week, Sam Darnold also had a drive to drive them all the way down and put them into OT. Just another showing of how the Vikings defense is not as good as it's labeled to be on paper. They keep having these very close either L's or W's, but either way they're keeping so so many games so close, and I just don't think that that's a good recipe for success. That means that they're going to always be c competing, but never really be hitting that full stride. I think that the, the biggest reason why I think that they will continue to lose, even more than their roster not being up to par, is the strength of schedule that they have coming up very soon. It's got to make you shake as a Vikings fan to hear that 
Eight of the next ten games, listen to these teams. Eight of the next ten games are the Cowboys, probably an L. Ravens, probably an L. Chargers, probably an L. Green Bay, probably an L. San Francisco, probably an L. Pittsburgh, good game, but still probably an L. Rams, probably an L. And then Green Bay, again, probably an L. That is eight of their next ten games. The other two, I think, are Chicago and Detroit. Two very winnable ones. But if you're going with eight L's in a row, and I definitely think that out of these eight, they'll be able to get maybe one, two, even three would be a very hot take. Three wins off of these really elite teams because they're always in it. But these teams are just better overall. That is all that you got to say. And because their strength of schedule is as hard as it is, and they have this insane slate of games coming up, that front group is where they should have already been in a winning record, not just three and three, still looking, eh, it's horrible, but they're going to keep losing, they're going to go back to being the just barely missed the playoffs, but do good enough to not get a top eight pick Minnesota Vikings, which we all know and love. My predictions for next week, a player to start next week is Derrick Henry versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs' run run defense is horrendous. Derrick Henry, we've seen what happens when he runs against teams that have horrendous run defense. Ryan Tannehill has had his ups and downs, so I think that they continue to just push the ball 30 times a game to Derrick Henry, who will just churn out two, three touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs in I guess a shootout. I don't really know. I also want to see how the Titans do tonight against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Obviously, I record this on Monday, so I've not seen that game yet, but I'm hoping that Derrick Henry has a big game against the Chiefs. Player to sit this week is Justin Fields versus the Buccaneers. Even if Justin Fields has been now starting to quote-unquote hit his stride, he's looking a little bit better as a passer, looking like he's a more efficient runner. Now they're going to come right back down to earth playing against the former Super Bowl winners. Uh, Tom Brady is just going to put up an unreal amount of points. Justin Fields is going to be forced to throw into some really bad situations, and I am not confident that Justin Fields is going to be able to get it done, especially if David Montgomery is still out. A group that will disappoint is, I think, the Browns versus Denver. Similar to what I've said before with the injuries, if Baker's not back and we already know Kareem Hunt's not back, uh, Nick Chubb, even though he is probably the most talented pure rusher in the NFL, it's still going to be very hard for him to churn out those insane yards, touchdowns, and just rushing attempts per game against a really, really stout rush defense with a really good secondary to go along with it. I think that it's going to be very hard for them to start anything to get things going. I, I like how I keep saying the group that will disappoint. Like I think three weeks in a row now, I said the team that's playing the Broncos, and they've all done pretty solid, but I'm really sure now that especially with those two injuries, I'm really weary of them. And I think they could definitely get an L right here when they don't need it. And then a group that will shine is, I think, Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints defense versus Geno Smith. I Even though they do have a lot of talent on that offense, Alex Collins looks, looked pretty good last night. I just don't think that it's going to be able to happen. Marshawn Lattimore has had such a stellar season so far, showing himself to be definitely a top six, top seven corner in the NFL. And I think that he just continues to work against a guy that had his first start last night after four and a half years of not starting. So I'm definitely confident on that one. And now my three locks of the week. Keep in mind, 15 and three right now. If you guys want to just throw a dollar on each of the games i bet you'd be winning money right now with the 15 and 3 record uh my picks for the week are cardinals beat the texans 30 to 10 rams beat the lions 40 to 13 and buccaneers beat the bears 23 to 13 
book all three. Last week, I had heard a stat that, like, in the seven games where the per, where the majority percentage voted for one team, or not voted for, put their money on one team, all seven of them came out that the, the team who had the most money on them won. So I think Vegas lost a lot of money last week. But I think that those are three that you got to go through with. Three that it's an elite team against a shite team, and I'm ready for them to continue to churn and for me to be... 18 and 3. So now I'm going to get into the second half of the podcast like I do every week where I'm going to give you a full story. This week I've been thinking about it. I haven't, even though I've given you guys little blurbs about the teams, I haven't really given you guys like a power rankings or just like a way to look at all the teams in the whole league compared to each other in since I think week one or two. So I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to actually give you guys a tier list where I have six different tiers of types of teams and I'm going to say where I think that they are on the tier list. I mean, I know that this might be controversial. I think that I'm getting into something a little bit crazy here, but I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to show you guys who I think are the best teams in the league, who are the worst teams in the league. I'm going to go over my tiers first. So I've got the Super Bowl bubble, the playoff locks, the playoff hopefuls, in it till the end, start the rebuild, slash they're in the rebuild, and then complete garbage. So... I'm going to start with the bottom tier, I guess, and I'm going to go with the complete garbage. This is they have zero to one players that look like they are some shining piece that they could work off of. Everyone else on the team is bad, and that is the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions. Even though both teams show a lot of heart, show a lot of grit, they are bad. They are horrific. I'd say that the good players that are on the Houston Texans are Laramie Tunsil, who's on and off with injuries every single second, and Justin Reed, the safety. And then with the Lions, it would probably be Frank Ragnow, who's also in and out, and that could honest. Oh, and DeAndre Swift. So I'll go two on each team. One on both of the teams is always injured, and the other one is the lone shining star that's left on the roster. So DeAndre Swift and Justin Reed are really the only ones that I can look at. The start the rebuild slash in the rebuild, I've got five teams, and ironically, the five teams in the start the rebuild and the two in the garbage are all the players that are all the teams that I said to sell this coming week, but that's the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Atlanta Falcons. Those are teams that, out of all these, I'd say three of them are fully in the rebuild. Or no, 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 I'll go two of them are fully in the rebuild, and that's the Jets and the Jaguars. There's one team here that still has old pieces, but I think is also ready to say that they are fully going through with the rebuild, and that is the Atlanta Falcons, who obviously still have Matt Ryan at the helm, who still have an older Cordero Patterson as their probably most efficient player on offense so far. They still have Jake Matthews on their line, who's pretty old and getting paid a ton. They still have little pieces here and there, but I think that they're willing and ready to start the rebuild. And the other two teams, the Giants and the Dolphins, I think this offseason, this was their attempt to try to revamp and not have to rebuild, yet clearly what we're seeing in this season is that they're not ready. Even though the Giants added a big-name wide receiver in free agency and then a big-name wide receiver in the draft, and the Dolphins did the exact same, Will Fuller and Waddle or Tony and Galladay, but both looking like they are not worth the money, both looking like they are not having the skill to propel their starting quarterback into that franchise tier. 
And I think that while they have it, they need to start doing some shit differently. I mean, the Miami Dolphins don't have their first round pick this year, and they still have Brian Flores, who I'm definitely confident in as a coach, but they have looked horrendous and they need to do something stat and I think that that's something is probably going to be get a new quarterback of something like that and the Giants they still have a couple young guys but even so James Bradbury's pretty old Leonard Williams pretty old Blake Martinez pretty old it looks like Evan Ingram probably won't be back and then their receiving court like Shepard uh Slayton and Galladay all look like they're pretty either leveling off or like I don't think that they have so much higher of a ceiling than they've showed so far the only one that I could maybe say so is Sterling Shepard obviously Kadarius Tony I think is getting better by the day and he's definitely a bright spot but Saquon always injured and the O-line being bad and the tight ends being bad and all that just means they need to start the rebuild right the heck now then I've got the in it till the end tier. These are teams that I'll probably not make the playoffs or even be pushing for the playoffs, but we'll get these weird wins against some of the playoff locks, some of the Super Bowl bubble, some of those teams, and look really good in doing so, yet we'll turn around and lose to one of the start the rebuild or garbage teams. So I just can't count on them being there until the end. Those teams are the Chicago Bears, the Seattle Seahawks, the Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots, Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints, and Indianapolis Colts. I'll give you a quick rundown of each and the reason why they're just not going to be in the playoff hopefuls. Uh, the Bears obviously have so many holes on their offensive line, all around their defense, even though Robert Quinn is taking big steps up, and, and Khalil Mack and different guys on their defense. I think that with the rookie quarterback, with David Montgomery coming on and off IR, with Allen Robinson being in his franchise tagged last year, I just don't see this team being in, in it till the end, actually making the playoffs the Seahawks going into the season was definitely on my list but with the Russell Wilson injury with the Chris Carson injury with how bad their defense has been performing I think that they fall out of the race Philadelphia Eagles a team that roster wise I think is in the bottom five of the league they're definitely putting it together Jalen Hurts looks very good so they will get some weird wins here and there and they'll definitely look competitive in a lot, a lot, a lot of games. Not to mention that they have three firsts, and I really like their future. But for right now, they're just not at that place. The New England Patriots, clearly, just based on their games, will always be competitive. Bill Belichick will always be really good. But when it just comes down to it, having the rookie quarterback, having so many holes all around their roster, and just not having that factor where they can just handedly go out and win and handedly go out and have this elite quality uh, receiving talent or running talent or something like that just break away and just break the team so good whatever the loss of Stephon Gilmore all those things culminate into I just don't think that they're going very far from where they are now Minnesota Vikings like I said will continue to be clawing until the end will get some really weird wins yet also has some really bad losses and with their schedule being as bad as it is I think that they start going on a big losing skid and fall out of the playoff conversation the Pittsburgh Steelers it's really Ben Roethlisberger that's holding them back his inability to throw deep his inability his inability to be consistent throughout the game his inability to put the game in his hands and really take over I mean I love all of his weapons I love Najee I love all of his receivers I love the defense it, it is really a Super Bowl defensive roster, but when it comes down to it, just because of Big Ben, I think that they will win six, seven, eight, nine. I know that that's a huge range, but something like that and just barely fall out of the conversation. So I put them there. 
Uh, the New Orleans Saints, again, it's Jameis Winston. I think a Sean Payton system is really good. I think that their defense is above average for sure, but Jameis Winston definitely holding them back. I really want to see what Michael Thomas looks like when he comes back. If he looks like the old Michael Thomas, I think that I have good reason to put them in the playoff hopefuls, but as of right now, all I know is what I saw last year, and I just don't think that Michael Thomas will come back and be the elite talent that he once was two years ago. So if he comes back and isn't that much of an X factor, then they will just definitely get some weird wins, but not be good enough to make the playoffs. And the Indianapolis Colts, even I think that they could go on a solid run, and I don't think that the ta- the Titans are that scary of a team altogether, just because they have a lot of flaws and a lot of flukes in their roster as well. So I could definitely see the Colts at the very end just barely edging them out to win the division and make the playoffs off of that. But it would only be just because the Titans suck, not because they're so good. They definitely have a lot of holes they don't have huge passing weapons and Carson Wentz looks like a below average quarterback in the NFL right now for sure they'll get those weird wins they'll get those atrocious losses and they will not be in the playoff conversation come playoff time now I've got the playoff hopefuls these are teams that you're hope that if you're a fan of them you're hoping that they can make a miraculous run they could definitely go on and win a a couple more games just based on the infrastructure that they've already built so far in the franchise. The playoff hopeful teams have got the Tennessee Titans obviously running off of Derrick Henry and the even though it's been so injured, the receiving core of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, hopefully Ryan Tannehill starts to get to looking like he has the last two years rather than what he's looked like so far this ga- this year where he's been very inconsistent. Their defense has been pretty horrible, which is what I predicted, but I think that their offense, if they can keep it going, they have the talent on that side of the ball that they could definitely just keep uh, defenses on their toes all the time, trying different tricks and stuff like that. And it's mostly just Derrick Henry and his ability to just take over a game at any given time. If they're not in a shootout, I think the Titans probably would have the uh, predicted W in any game, which it might sound crazy, but yeah, that's how they're going to make the playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals, who look so real, realer than I've ever seen the Cincinnati Bengals as a diehard sports fan, even like in the Andy Dalton era, I still felt like they were just this boring team, even if they would make the playoffs, even if they would look solid for a couple games with AJ Green, Giovanni Bernard, all those old guys, I, they never really had an oomph to them. And I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase brings that oomph that they've been looking for. I think that they're probably the highest on this entire list to make the playoffs. I'm really loving what they've been doing so far. And I think that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connection continues to build, continues to get better. And I am very confident for them. Next is the San Francisco 49ers. This one is probably lower on the playoff hopefuls list. And it seems like they might fall out of contention at the very end of the season. But I think that it's all up to Trey Lance. And if he's able to take that next jump, if their defense continues to be very solid, if Debo Samuel continues to have his breakout season, their running backs really always seem to be somewhat productive. This season a lot less than seasons in the past. But I really like what I've seen out of San Francisco so far, and I think that they'll definitely be in the conversation come the end of the season. Next to the Carolina Panthers, a team that you guys know I am so high on the Carolina Panthers, even though in the most recent games, Sam Darnold has come back down to life and look a lot more realistic as to what Sam Darnold is. He did have that game-winning drive, and I do still think that their defense and their offense has the talent to get the wins done, especially once Christian McCaffrey comes back. So brutal that he got put back on the IR for another three weeks of getting set. It's Chuba Hubbard to the moon still, 
And I am just a firm believer that with Dante Jackson, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, Stephon Gilmore, all those guys on the defense, and then DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, Sam Darnold on offense, and Tommy Tremble looks really good right now. Taylor Moten still looks really good. I'm confident that in the Panthers going forward. Another team that's in there till the end, Washington football team. They definitely need to get their shit together if they want to be in the playoff conversation. As of right now, I think that they're either three and three and or two and four. I honestly, might be two and four, and I might need to slide it down to in it till the end, just because of that loss this past week against the Chiefs. You know what? I'm going to do that. So I'm putting Washington in the in it till the end instead of the playoff hopefuls, just because of that loss last week. It's going to be very hard for them to climb out of that. Even though I really like Taylor Heineke, I like their young defense. I like their hungry defense. I like Ron Rivera. I still just think that two and four is a little bit too deep of a hole to climb out of and then eventually make the playoffs against some of these powerhouse teams. And the last two in the playoff hopefuls are two teams that literally just earlier in this podcast I called both frauds, but I think one of the two still has a really good shot at making the playoffs, and that is the Raiders and the Broncos, two teams that have talent but really seem to fall short when it comes time to get it done because of their I mean, I'd say a lot more with the Broncos because of their quarterback than the Raiders, who I think Derek Carr is really solid. But Raiders, it's the holes on defense. It's the fact that they have an interim head coach right now. All that is the reason why they're probably not. And the Broncos, it's Teddy Bridgewater ceiling is the reason why they might not. But I think one of the two has a really good chance, too. So I had to put them both in the playoff hopefuls. Then I've got the playoff locks. This is five teams that I think will definitely make the playoffs. I don't think that, I think that right now, if they won the Super Bowl slash made the Super Bowl, I would be shocked. Not that I would be like, oh my God, that's not going to happen, whatever. But these are the teams that I'd be shocked. If it's the Super Bowl bubble, I would not be shocked. I'd be like, yep, I see a really good way of them winning it. But these five teams, I just see them definitely making the playoffs, definitely making some noise, but maybe not going all the way. Those teams are the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, like I had just said, they are incredibly limited without Kareem Hunt and Baker Mayfield. Hopefully, the two get back to churning and getting good as soon as possible. But what I see with the Cleveland Brown is the Cleveland Browns is that when it comes down to a shootout, it's going to be so hard for Baker Mayfield to maintain that those passing numbers against a passing offense who's just going to be scoring so quickly, so efficiently, and they need to take all this time to churn out long runs and running back passes and short balls and things like that. That's why I put them in the playoff lock and not the Super Bowl, but they definitely have the roster, have the talent to make the playoffs and go far in it as well. Uh, the next team is the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, they do have a Super Bowl offense, but still with that defense, there are enough holes that I would still be surprised if they make slash win the Super Bowl. That is a team that has an efficient, efficient passing game, efficient running game, best O-line. I could honestly at this point argue that the Cowboys have the best offense in the NFL. It's just their shortcomings on defense and their willingness to let other teams put up 20, 30, 40 points on them is what's going to make me say that it's a lock and not a Super Bowl bubble. Next is the LA Chargers, a team that honestly, if they had came out and beat the Baltimore Ravens this week, I'd probably put them in the Super Bowl bubble. Yet instead, they got clobbered and the team did not look good as a whole. Many drops on offense and it just put me right back down to earth and saying, wow, this team isn't unbeatable. This team definitely does still have its flaws. The receivers need to make these catches, especially Mike Williams, especially just like Justin Herbert had a couple really bad balls, even though he has looked unstoppable in some games. He has looked like he just did last week. So I'm going to call them a playoff lock, but I'd still be very surprised if they win the Super Bowl. 
the next of the Green Bay Packers, a team that Honestly, they are probably the closest to putting them in the Super Bowl bubble just because I still feel like Aaron Rodgers has that drive and the NFL is so storyline driven that Rodgers has this Rodgers and Devontae connect for 250 yards and three touchdowns in the NFC Conference Championship game and go on to win. Yet, just when I look at the team, cornerback two, wide receiver two, tight end, some pieces of their offensive line. Uh, other pieces in their linebacking core, like those things they really need to be stepped up. I like Devondre Campbell this year actually in the linebacking core, but still a couple holes on the Packers that I think that they really need to get shit patched before I can definitively say that they can and will go out there and make noise and make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. So they still have a little bit of ways to go, but they're very, very close. And if Rodgers continues to be the Hall of Fame type quarterback that he is, and we all know that he can be, then they are definitely going to be in that area in the top at the end of the season. And the last team that is a playoff lock, but not in the Super Bowl bubble, is the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't put them in the Super Bowl bubble, even if I am such a Patrick Mahomes dick rider, and I think that he is probably the best guy to ever throw a football in NFL history. What he has done this season is still monstrous, but their defense and their inability to catch all the time on offense and their and their rushing game just being non-existent and things like that make me still say that I would be surprised if they go on to win it all the way especially with these five powerhouses that look like they will go out there and either make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl for sure that are at the top of the standings but the Chiefs right now for as good as their offense can be, their defense is definitely still bottom five, bottom seven. I'm not confident in them going all the way. I definitely still think that they make the playoffs. They definitely still make some noise, but when it comes down to it, they probably will lose. Now, I've got my Super Bowl bubble. These are the five teams that if you tell me right now, I'm a time traveler who just came back from February 15th and this team just won the Super Bowl, I would be like, wow, cool. Like, I believe you. Uh, That's definitely a possibility. So I'm going to get right into it. Uh, Number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, last year's winners. Tom Brady looks like he has not slowed down. He never has. He never will. And the team looks just as good as they have, even if they have some injury woes in their secondary to JPP, to different guys in the offense, things like that. It really looks like it's so next man up. Leonard Fournette's having a breakout, and then Antonio Brown's having a breakout, and then OJ Howard, and then Cameron Brait, and then Mike Evans, and then all these guys just still look like Brady looks so incredible, reaffirms my statement in my mind and everybody's statement that he is the GOAT, the best football player of all time, accolades-wise, and is just so good at getting the ball to his receivers. That's really it. And I think that right now, they're probably still number one in my power rankings. They're looking like the team to beat in the NFL, and they're going to probably go back to the Super Bowl. I gotta say it. Next team that I've got that looks pretty unbeatable, we're going to see them tonight on Monday Night Football, and that is the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen in that passing attack and that defense that has taken so many steps up, I think has to be in your Super Bowl bubble, has to be at least in contention to win it. Josh Allen looks fearless in the pocket. He can run. He can sling it as far as you want. They've got, I'd say, three, four, five, six receiving options that I really like. Diggs, Beasley, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, Emmanuel Sanders, all these different guys that just look so talented on that Bills offense. 
I think that that offense continues to churn. And if AJ Epinesa and Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham and all of their young guys in the edge presence can continue to make a noise and continue to rattle the quarterback, this team should also be a favorite to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And I could definitely see uh, Buccaneers, Bills being our Super Bowl. There are still three other teams that I think will give them a really solid run for their money. That is the LA Rams, a team that you guys know, I think Matthew Stafford plus Sean McVay equals Lombardi Trophy. That is such a great pairing. We have seen Cooper Cup have great days. Van Jefferson have great days. Robert Woods. It really looks like Daryl Henderson is doing fantastic with the load that he's being given, and I'm just so excited for the rest of the season going forward. This Rams team, obviously Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side, like I've said, they they make so many players on that defense so much better. They improve other players. They propel other players, and I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Rams. Uh, next is the Baltimore Ravens, a team, like I just said, hitting the ground running, only one L so far this season, monstrous comeback against the Colts, and then a really defining win against the LA Chargers. Love what the Baltimore Ravens are doing. Love that Lamar Jackson is back in the MVP talks, and I just love the idea and the philosophy of the Baltimore Ravens. And then the last team, I was hesitant to put them up here just because of what I've seen in the past, but after this week, you need to put the undefeated Arizona Cardinals in your Super Bowl bubble now. If you don't have that, you're messing up. Without Cliff Kingsbury, they handedly beat the Browns. Kyler still is on his MVP campaign, looking incredible. All of their receivers look like they can get the job done. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, that defense is still so good with their pass rushing of J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. Byron Murphy still looks like a top 10 cornerback in the NFL, and just overall, you cannot count out an undefeated team who's undefeated at week six. I know like last year, uh, Steelers went all the way to 12-0 and and then collapsed, but this just looks like a foundation that is working so well, and when Cliff Kingsbury comes back from having COVID, which he was out this past week, and they still got the handed dub, when he comes back, everything will continue to gel. I obviously don't think that they're going to go undefeated on the whole season. They'll get a loss here and there, but they look like the real deal, and it looks like they will be in talks up until the last day, up until February 15th. There is a good chance that they're in it till the end. So those are my teams. That is how I see the landscape of the NFL right now. I think it is wide open. I definitely think that there's obviously favorites, but a lot, a lot of teams have looked randomly super scary and randomly have this oomph and this firepower that it's going to be so hard to beat them. So I really think that it really just comes down so much, like every year, to who's hot at the right time and who's the least injured team in the NFL. So with that, all we can do is just continue to wait and see. A, a big injury to the quarterback of any of those five Super Bowl teams are putting them right into the playoff hopeful or lower tier. So really, who knows? It's all just a waiting game. But that is how I see the NFL going as of right now. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys have a great week. I hope that you guys tune into the Sauce Lab podcast next week. You continue to show your friends and you continue to show that love. Have a great day. Have a great week. Have a great year. W life, W wife, W house. Peace out. Have a great one. Peace.